Welcome to Radiologist, a podcast by University Medical Imaging Toronto, where we discuss the most interesting topics through the lens of Canada's largest medical imaging department. I'm your host, Satish Krishna. Human beings are social animals. We love to be a part of something bigger, a part of a team or a group. And it's usually the group which gives us a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging. And it is the group which gives us our identity. For example, I am Team Canada. I belong to Toronto. However, once in a while, there comes an individual who is so extraordinary that they transcend the team. In such a case, instead of the team giving them the identity, they provide identity to the group. Our guest today is one such individual. What do I mean by that? When I go to any conference and when people ask me where I am from, what group I am part of, all I have to say is, I am a colleague of Dr. Karthik Javeri and they exactly know where I am from. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is none other than Dr. Karthik Javeri, Professor of Radiology, Director of Abdominal MRI, Director of Continuing Education for Medical Imaging at the University of Toronto. He also has a very well-established research career with over 100 peer-reviewed publications, book chapters and scientific presentations, also served as the Assistant Editor for the American Journal of Ronchonology. Today, we're here to talk to him about how to build a career in radiology research. Welcome, Dr. Javeri. Thank you uh, very much, Dr. Krishna, for the uh, kind introduction. And I'm really happy and delighted to be here. Awesome. Let's dive right into it. Academia is a constellation of multiple things. It includes research, education, quality improvement, administration, leadership, advocacy, etc., etc. However, despite there being many components, research is always the king of academia. It's always considered the pinnacle because of the new discoveries it brings in and because of the new frontiers it opens up. Can you share with us your personal journey and how you became interested in research, especially in radiology? Yeah, I'm delighted to, uh, Satish. I guess it starts uh, back into my schooling days. <laughs> so this is where going back to high school and junior college, university, etc. I was always a very curious individual and wanted to know more about things and how to make things better. And that kind of festered through my medical school days, as well as my radiology residency. I tinkered a lot during my radiology residency, doing systematic reviews uh, and that kind of, you know, basic clinical research. In fact, one of my uh, key systematic reviews during my final year of radiology was a dissertation on uh, renal masses, a topic close to your heart. And I spent more than six months essentially researching renal tumors. And so basically doing a, a very formal systematic review, kind of like a PhD topic. But I would say my formal, I would say training probably, or formalized 
approach to research um, began when I embarked on a journey uh, as a clinical and research MRI fellow at uh, Massachusetts General Hospital, Harvard University in, in the year 2000. So we're talking like decades ago. And so this was a very interesting hybrid fellowship that I had the opportunity for. And it, it really gave me a very structured approach to research. During this particular year, I had formal research training in terms of uh, going through a proper radiology research curriculum. And I was also responsible uh, for running a phase three FDA trial with gatozetic acid, which you know is a topic very close to my heart. And I would say that basically opened the floodgates for me in terms of uh, being successful uh, in research thereafter. That's amazing that you hearken back to your high school days when talking about research. That curiosity, as you point out, was there all along and you loved finding stuff and tinkering stuff. Uh, could you give us a bit more insight as to how somebody can find their passion in research and how to figure out which path suits them best? Uh, yeah, that's a great question, Satish. And uh, I have a very simple answer to this. I think the passion finds you rather than you finding a passion. So it, it will come to you naturally. It is something that, that is so natural, it's, it's just yourself. It's your own being. And it's something that you really enjoy to do. And it's not a, uh, a burden, so to speak. And, and this is how, you know, I found myself uh, interested in it. Certainly, I mean, there are, like you mentioned, there are so many areas in radiology today, including uh, clinical, as well as advocacy, research, teaching, etc. And I guess if someone uh, doesn't really know what they really like, then the best approach is to try out everything. But I was lucky or fortunate enough to know right away what I wanted to do. And I just knew radiology was number one, and then clinical research was number two in there. So I think it for me, it was easy, and I was lucky enough uh, for it to crystallize without much effort, so to speak. So maybe I'm not helping uh, the listeners much in terms of, you know, how to really find your passion in research. But all I can say is it will come naturally to you. That's a very interesting take. What you point out is that it's the kind of person you are. If you are innately a very curious person, then life always finds a way to drop things which are close to your heart, right next to you. So you were that kind of person. And then naturally, things happen that the best things in life, like radiology and research, fell exactly in place for you to have an amazing career. So let's say that somebody is at the beginning of their career and they want to do radiology, they want to do radiology research, what steps does a beginner need to take? And another interesting question is, what's the right time to start? Because when I started doing radiology research, it was during the fag end of my radiology residency. Now I find more and more um, medical students are getting involved in research, more and more interns. And I also find undergraduates being involved. And as you point out, you started at high school level. Is there a time as, oh, it's just too late for me already? Like, do you need to start that early? Yeah, these are, uh, these are great points you, you bring up, Satish. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. As I mentioned, 
you know, my, my curiosity was in high school, but I didn't do radiology research just to, <laughs> just to put that in real perspective. My radiology research did begin in my residency. And I think if someone has already decided that they're going to pursue radiology as a career, which I think is the best thing ever <laughs> amongst all the specialties, uh, it's, the sooner you start, the better, to be honest. And assuming you like it and this brings joy to you, probably I would say if you can begin as a medical student or even during your early residency years, that is, is ideal. By no means uh, it is mandatory. You could have done absolutely no research during your med school or residency days and something may really interest you during your, um, you know, when you're a fellow or a faculty and you can take it from there. So I personally don't think there is a time which is too late, but I do believe the sooner you get into it, if you're interested, it's better because it, it just expands a lot. It uh, multiplies a lot. Your opportunities increase a lot once you've started early. So start early, but never too late. Never too late. That's quite reassuring that anyone with a great idea can get right into it. And even if we don't know how to do things yourself, you can find a team around you. And that's what I want to ask about you next, because in radiology, during residency, we are taught to interpret images. We have the images in front. It's us versus the images. That's pretty much it. However, research does not work that way. In research, it's not a one-man show. You need a whole supporting cast around you, be it your supervisors, your mentors, or be it your trainees, your medical students, residents who are working with you, or be it your clinical colleagues, your clinical collaborators, and a multitude of other departments, be it the statisticians. So I'm assuming that in addition to the skills needed for interpreting images, you need a lot more skills, soft skills, management skills, administrative skills, how to run a team. How does one find the right avenues for collaboration and how does one develop these soft skills essential to be a part of a research team and uh, eventually to lead a research team? Yeah, these are uh, really important uh, questions and issues actually to be a successful uh, researcher, not just at the beginning of your career in research, but right till the very end, even when you establish. So I think when you're starting off, it might be ideal to find a uh, a good mentor or a supervisor and then be part of that person's team. And usually it's uh, do your work with, you know, very high diligence, uh, maintain your curiosity and don't suppress your ideas because you're a junior member of the team. Uh, you want to bring forth any ideas that you may have to your supervisor or, or mentor. Apart from that, uh, once you start getting entrenched in a, a research team, I think you can start taking off on your own ideas and expanding your own research. And any good mentor or supervisor will encourage that, actually. And they would be extremely happy to see you grow in that uh, direction. Uh, certainly, I mean, uh, being a radiologist, and if you're following clinical research, uh, you need to have very good relationships with the uh, clinical team members uh, outside of the specialty. 
But it's not limited to just that. I think it's really being a genuine team player. And there has to be give and take. Because once you have larger teams, you have to accommodate everybody on that team to get appropriate uh, acknowledgement for the work which has been done. So sometimes you have to let go of a few things to be successful in the long term. So shouldn't have a very short-term interest in mind uh, and should be looking at a expansive career over the length uh, of the time you're going to spend in this particular uh, specialty. Beyond the clinical teams, you could also collaborate with physicists, if particularly if you're interested in quantitative research or technology-based research. You could also participate in cutting-edge industry trials. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with it as long as your conflicts of interest and moral conflicts are very crystal clear in your mind. And these are all essential to be, to be successful in research. So being a team player, that's the key. So in a research team, how is research measured? And what are the roles of publications and presentations in radiology research, especially in terms of advancing a research career? Uh, yes, Satish, uh, these are really critical. So the publications and presentations are, are, are really important, not just for your journal impact factors and citations, but also provide you critical recognition, both beyond and outside your institution. But it's not just the publications and presentations which are, uh, are important. I think it's an overall portfolio of things that you do. Having um, grant funding is also uh, really important. It can be really hard to get, <laughs> certainly. I've struggled with it, and I still struggle with it. <laughs> so I think a conglomeration of things really works out in the sense of advancing your career in, in radiology research. But it's, it's not just about, you know, having your resume or CV lined with hundreds of publications it's really seeing what the impact your work will actually have. I think to me, that's more critical. So having one paper which had huge impact in terms of change in patient care management or even a simple change in a protocol which improves healthcare, uh, to me, is very essential. Yeah, that's perfect that you put it that way. Because research is heavily quantified. There are a lot of metrics identifying the number of citations, the number of publications, the H-index, and lots and lots of other scores. But as you point out, the most important thing is the final impact it has on healthcare. And this is where it gets interesting, because we currently live in an age of instant gratification. If we do something, we need to get the rewards right away. For example, clinical care is like that, especially emergency. I diagnose something, immediately there's an impact on care. However, radiology research may not essentially be the same. So it's a bit tricky keeping us motivated, especially when the gratification is going to be quite delayed. How fast do we see impact of research in healthcare these days? And uh, what does it depend on? Oh, that is a really tough and loaded question. And I think you can answer this uh, in a multitude of ways. But the bottom line is the... Uh, the time it may take to see an impact is, is highly variable. And you're you know, an expert in the field in radiology. You do a lot of clinical imaging as well as education research. And I'm sure you can identify that 
it may be it may not only be variable but it may not even go anywhere at times so the shortest uh impact you could have as i mentioned in the earlier answer to your question is it's just a simple change in in how we do a particular imaging technique you could see immediate impact if it's positive it may get implemented by a lot of departments and institutions uh and I, just to give you some examples we're talking about you know, in a way, how you do an MR, like we used to do MRs for like 45 minutes to one hour. And if you can do abbreviated MRs, or if you can change uh, the way you you identify and characterize disease in a shorter and faster way, which has implications, which are a benefit to everybody. It's a win-win for patients, healthcare, as well as reporting systems that can have an almost instantaneous impact. On the other hand, when you're looking at technological advances, those are the ones which can take a long, long time. And some of the tools may take even decades, as you are well aware. So if you look at MR elastography, which is very close to my heart, it has taken more than two decades to become mainstream. I remember listening to the first lecture or first scientific presentation on this in 2005 at the International Society of Magnetic Resonance and Imaging, which was in Toronto, that meeting. And the presenter was from France, and I said, this sounds like a fantastic technique. But it is only now in the 2020s that it has become mainstream. So it can be variable, and it can have a broader range uh, of translation from the research bands to the, the clinical arena, but it eventually happens. So I guess that patience and perseverance is the key. But ultimately, we want to have research to have an impact on clinical care. But currently, you are both involved in clinical care and in radiology research. And both, as we discussed, require completely different skill sets. Research is more handling a team and management and all of that and Clinical care is just hardcore radiology interpretation and uh, working with the clinical teams. In addition, it's also challenging as to how to manage time. How do you manage it? Because clinical care, especially in the current day and age with explosion of imaging, has become really, really busy and there's an incredible amount of time pressure on all radiologists. But then there's all these exciting opportunities which are just coming up, AI and all this stuff which are ripe for radiology research. So how do you balance responsibilities on both ends, both clinical care and research? Uh, yes, Satish, that's a, that's a million-dollar question. <laughs> how do you balance not only work, but work and life balance? So it's not just about clinical and research anymore. It's about the other side of your life as well. But I think when it comes to clinical and research work, uh, I view it as a continuum. And when you're really involved in clinical work and you're really curious and you have that research angle in you, it, it is, it's not a very difficult process to manage both hats. Nevertheless, there is a finite amount of time in our lives that we have to live out. And, and certainly uh, it can be quite challenging, particularly given the demands of today in terms of clinical turnaround times and the volumes you kind of sometimes get bogged down about, do I really want to do more beyond this and continue into research? So these are really hard philosophical issues, and they're 
really personal to each person, I would say. So it's each individual for his or her own will uh, to decide. Um, but I think if you get the gratification out of research, I think it's, it's worth doing it. And if it makes you happy, you will find a way to balance it. You don't have to be the world's best researcher. You don't have to be a Nobel laureate. It, it's really about what makes you happy. Like I said, even doing a small change in a protocol, if it gives you gratification and you can publish it and you can help others do the same thing, it's totally worth it. Having said that, clinical radiology is, I would say, is easier, in my opinion, because uh, not from a quality of work, because there's a finite end to it. If you have a certain day that you finish at 6 p.m., you finish it and you're done, and then you don't have to think about it. On the other hand, uh, research is like a friendly ghost. It follows you everywhere. And at times I'm thinking about stuff I have to do, uh, emails I have to send about it, et cetera, et cetera, way beyond the hours I want to think about it, including evenings and nights. So there has to be a gratification at the end of all that for you to continue to do that. And that's the bottom line. That's an amazing answer. As long as it makes you happy, you'll always find a way to balance things. And it's interesting you talk about research being a friendly ghost following you around and in taking up mental space. And I know for a fact that you really enjoy research. You enjoy doing research. You enjoy mentoring people. But has there been times in which it really frustrated you? And what are the other challenges that a radiology researcher face? Because essentially, research is a competition for resources in terms of time, in terms of funds and everything. And what are the challenges that you face and how do you deal with it? Yeah, unfortunately, that is the reality. Now we're coming to down back to the earth from the, <laughs> from the clouds above. And to get into the, uh, the reality of frustrations, uh, et cetera, uh, without getting too much into the negative of it, yes, those are real. You know, I struggle even today writing a paper, getting it accepted. And it's not easy. Uh, I have to be honest here. And sometimes I do wonder, why do I even do this? Do I need to do this at this point in my career? But I just can't stop. <laughs> That's, that is one of the issues uh, that I have to deal with. So it never ends. I think it just continues uh, on. I think writing papers, writing grants, not getting your paper accepted uh, and having the idea to smash your TV is, isn't a good feeling. Uh, but you just have to persist at it because if journal A doesn't take it, there's always journal B, C, and D. And there are thousands of journals in, in Scopus, as you know, and someone will take it. It will find a place. Grants is a different ballgame. I think that's even harder. And particularly in this uh, day and age, because remember, we are, you know, once you get established as a researcher in radiology, and if you're doing clinical research and you're part of a team, you have to engage with your, your clinical peers. And sometimes it may not be possible for you to be a PI on everything. Uh, so you have to accommodate people, even if it's your idea. Uh, maybe do it as a joint project. And it may actually be synergious because they may bring something to the grant which you cannot bring, even though it's your idea. So it's all about 
adjusting with people and uh, being able to finally have the success for your idea. Because at the end of the day, when it is successful, you'll be happy that your idea panned through. Whether you were a PI or a co-PI or a co-I, to me, that really does not matter. So that's basically uh, the advice I would give to someone who's, you know, starting off in research or even well-established is not to get frustrated with little things. They come and go and look at the end goal. When you reach the end goal, that's the point where you will feel immensely satisfied that you've done, given your best and you've succeeded in what you wanted to do and you set out to do. That's excellent advice for anyone setting out to do research in radiology. Kathleen, one thing is that the field of radiology itself has changed so much in the last couple of decades, which means that the landscape of radiology research would have also significantly evolved over the years. Going ahead, where do you think the largest opportunities lie and what does the future of radiology research look like? That's a great uh, question that maybe Nostradamus could answer, Satish, uh, but I'll try to uh, in a, maybe a few sentences and a few minutes. And so unless you've been hiding under a rock, you know that artificial intelligence is steamrolling its way into radiology and not just radiology, but all aspects of medicine and life in general. So I guess we're we're not immune to that. And certainly we will see more and more AI come in from the workbench into clinical tools. And I see it as an adjunct to a human radiologist or human intelligence. My prediction is I don't think it's going to replace the human intelligence. I probably won't be around if I'm wrong. So in a way, that's good. But AI is it's not just about being an assist tool while reporting. AI has implications on managerial processes, scheduling patients, protocoling, technology-driven sequences specific to MR. A lot of them are based on AI and machine learning. So I think it's, it's uh, an exceptionally exciting field, uh, which is very broad, actually, uh, than most people think it is, particularly when it comes to radiology. I think at the same time, uh, one should not lose track that you still need a radiologist or a clinical researcher to think about disease overall. So I still believe there is a significant role for conventional research, so to speak, that I've been doing for the last few decades. And I think that has significant implications for healthcare as well. So it's going to be a, a mixed bag. I think both areas are going to continue, but I think AI is going to dominate the space in terms of coverage and media, etc. But I think the real changes for healthcare will still happen when we perform disease-focused research. I hope it continues because that is what is really essential for mankind or humankind. AI is going to change everything, but in your opinion, AI will just become another member in the radiology research team. It's not going to replace humans, but it's going to be another important member who will have the team to take radiology further. Ladies and gentlemen, the term research comes from an old French word 
to mean seek out, to seek out the truth, to seek out new discoveries. But from our illuminating conversation with Dr. Javeri, we also find that research is significant to look into because it illuminates a different part of our skill set, separate from interpreting images. It highlights how good of a team player we are, how we work well with others, how curious we are, how industrious we are, how perseverant we are, and how we can handle frustrations, how we handle rejections, how we can improve, how we can push through in face of adversity, how we can find balance in life and in work. And I guess for that reason, radiology research is invaluable. So if you were on the fence whether to choose research or not, these are great reasons for you to jump into research. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Professor Karthik Javeri, Director of Abdominal MRI, Director of Continuing Education of Department of Medical Imaging, University of Toronto, and me, your host, Satish Krishna. You were listening to Radiologists, a podcast by University Medical Imaging Toronto, the largest medical imaging group in Canada. Produced by Inna Levchuk. Learn more about us at universitymedicalimagingtoronto.ca and follow us on social media at Imaging Toronto. Thank you, everybody. See you in the next one.